Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest. Cleo Thomas to the show. Welcome, Cleo. How are you? It's I'm doing very well. Very excited to talk with you today because I was a Holes girl. I love the film. I read the book first, and I was so surprised how similar the film was to the book. And then I found out that the author wrote the screenplay. So, you know, you don't get to see that all the time in Hollywood. And, uh, and such a unique film. And I'm so glad I get to finally speak to somebody who was in it. Oh, <laughs> and man, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So, so tell me about your beginnings in the entertainment industry. Was, was Holes your first film? Or were there a couple projects leading up to Holes that kind of pushed you into the entertainment industry? Um, Holes was not my very first project. Uh, you know, I, I had told my mother I wanted to be an actor at a very young age, you know, five or six years old. I had actually come to her uh, from school and told her that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, she she at this time, I think we were living in Germany. So she she didn't know where I, you know, out of the blue, I, I would walk up to her and say that because she didn't know where it stemmed from. But it really just stemmed from me watching television and understanding that, you know, these people were telling a story. You know, it, it was it was people creating uh, these characters and um, I went on to uh, do commercial, do a couple commercials, land a few TV shows, guest stars as a child. Um, and the first, I think the first film I ever did was the, the Friday After Next, which was uh, the third Friday film from the Ice Cube, um, the Ice Cube creations. And then later on down the line, I was able to, you know, land the big one, which was Holes. And you know, still to this day, for it to be so, you know, it's 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 memorable. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to have such a memorable role and character underneath my belt. I love seeing the videos of you getting to go to the schools and talk to the children, you know, about these books, because it really gets them energized and excited to read. It was it was a goal on my list for a very long time. Um, you know, I, I knowing that the, the book was still a part of the, the curriculum for the schools. I was like, yo, I really want to go back and, and give back to the kids. And, you know, who better to do it than the character of Zero who had a hard time? you know, who, who didn't know how to read in, mm-hmm. in the film. So who, who better than me? So um, to go back and, and see those kids' expressions and, and answer their questions about the not only the book but the film as well, it was it was very special, and I, and I, and I hope that I can continue to, to do that, you know, forever. <laughs> uh, are you still in touch with some of the cast members? Uh, Magnet. I, I keep close contact with uh, Miguel Castro, the actor who played Magnet. He was, he's from Los Angeles. Uh, Byron Cotton as well, who played Armpit, he's from Los Angeles as well. Uh, the Cash family, which is uh, Max Cash, the actor who plays Zigzag. I know the actor who plays Squid. He lived in he lived in New York, uh, so you know try to keep in contact with him during as much as time. And then you know Shia is Shia is Shia, so you know you never know when you'll catch him. 
I keep hoping you guys will come together and do a reunion song because that song, oh my gosh. I remember hearing that all the time on Radio Disney. That was our jam. Yeah, <laughs> we man, loved I think it. Held the record. It was up there for like 13 weeks. I remember <laughs> getting a plaque. They held the record. I was like, wow, this is crazy. To, for it to still have the impact that it does to be so memorable. There's so many different elements, not only the story and the characters, but the song and the book and everything involved with with that project. It's a... Uh, it's crazy to, to, to see that it still holds so much uh, value in people's hearts. Now, what was the audition process like? Were you paired up with individuals who would play opposite? Like, were you paired up with Shia at any point during that? Uh, it went through the normal audition process. You know, there was first the, the regular uh, walk-in, and then there was a callback, which I was surprised I got. And then we did a screen test. And the screen test is when they, they pretty much get they – they narrowed down all the actors that they feel they, they – can fit the roles and then they start plugging and mismatching and playing and see who who feeds well off of each other and uh, i'll never forget the list of actors that came in for zero was about three or four pages long uh and there was names i recognized on there you know because me being a kid i'm looking at names that i saw you know i grew up watching taj mari i grew up watching bow wow grew up watching romeo and I see all these names on this list before I, you know, I'm, I'm, I even get a chance to play, mix and match with any of the other actors. So I'm already like, wow, this is, this is pretty intense. And um, you know, that day, the, everyone else got a chance to do at least two or three different scenes. I only had a chance to do one scene, and it just so ha- it just so happened to be opposite of Shia. It was the scene where he, t- he he's teaching me how to write. Uh, that's the scene that they had us do. Uh, on camera and um, I think that was what nailed it for everyone I think it it was the chemistry was just automatically there I was playing off of him very well he was playing off of me very well uh, trying you know being a mentor me trying you know me acting very frustrated that I can't get get this together yet it's so simple they instantly thought this is this is the pairing that we that we'll need we're a bunch of kids and you know we're talking about music and, and and video games and you know everything that we were into and uh, that's pretty much how the Dig It song even came to be, is because we were so talkative and because we were so social to each other. The mm-hmm. producer heard heard what we were doing on a, on a bus one day that we were, you know, freestyling and things like that with the music. And she rode the bus one day just to hear exactly what everyone was talking about. And that's how the Dig It song actually came to be. Wow. Uh, went on to <laughs> tell Disney that, hey, you guys should look into creating music for us because... The kids are already in like they they're they're doing this every single day this is it's a it's a hell of a cast you know when you look at that cast you got sigourney weaver tim blake nelson john voight patricia arquette dule hill shia labeouf like that's a very uh, henry winkler that's a very very strong cast and everyone had created these characters and brought them to life so much that, that i think that's why it is so memorable yeah people genuinely dive into this this story and they, they have to see it through. They have to see how it all ends. <laughs> I love that they let you do Eartha Kitt's little line at the very end of the film when all the credits roll and they have you come back and say her, Madame Soroni will curse you. Man, <laughs> a lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people didn't know about that until later, later on. They'll watch it the first time and then they'll see like they, they don't know that that's there. But the crazier part about how that even came to be, um, I wanted to go to set to see Eartha Kitt uh, do do uh, per, uh, do her scenes. So I was able to take a uh, take a, the shuttle up there to watch her, and I was standing next to the director. Or excuse me, I was way behind the director actually, and she had just shot that scene. She had just shot her saying, "But if you forget to come back from Madame Zeroni, you and your family will be cursed for all in eternity." And the director turns around and says, 
he, after they call cut, he calls me over to him. He said, can you go do that exact thing she just did? And I ran up and I did it. And I, that was literally just on the fly. That was something that he, that uh, Andy Davis just drew up in his own mind right then and there. What was Eartha Kitt like? Because she was, I, I've always been a huge fan of her since I saw her in, uh, in Batman, of course. But I loved her in Emperor's New Groove as Yzma. Because that, that, that was something she just recently did while she was filming with you guys. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, she's a legend. She's a legend. I was aware of who she was. Again, being a, being a huge fan of Batman, I knew who the original Catwoman was. It was Eartha Kid. You know, she was the first one to really bring that sex appeal to that character. And, um, you know, to be on set with her and, and to see, see her create Madame Zeroni so well. And then, you know, that voice is so recognizable. You think of Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove, and it's like, that's, that's the same person. And Sigourney Weaver, you know, I keep forgetting how entranced i am by how amazing she is you know and she gets to play the bad guy in this in this film did she stay in character when she wasn't shooting or was she very sociable with you guys she was in character for the most part her 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 john voight and and tim blake nelson stayed in character a lot and uh to know you know again i was a huge fan of aliens the film huge i don't know how many times I watched Aliens as a kid, and 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 her in the big orange, I mean the big yellow machine mm-hmm. taking on the queen alien at the very end. Like that's Ripley <laughs> to me. Like I'll never forget Ripley ever. So the I, I had known that she was that they had casted her for uh for uh the warden. So we're on set and she walks on set in full wardrobe, and I and I completely froze up. I said, "Oh my God, it's Ripley!" And I said it out <laughs> loud and didn't realize it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Ripley? Ripley's in the film? I had no freaking idea. But, uh, you know, Gordon Weaver, an incredible actress, and to be able to stand, share a scene with her and share the stage with her, it's an amazing accomplishment in its own. And, and can you tell me about the sploosh? What, what exactly was in that? Was it actual peaches? <laughs> it was you must get this question all the time. <laughs> I do, I do. I get that one a lot. Uh, it, it was a mixture of everything. It was bananas, brown sugar oatmeal uh mm. and, and and that it was yeah it was really good, good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was, yeah it was fine i loved it <laughs> after shooting what would we normally do i'm trying to think uh we all stayed at the same hotel so uh i think you know we did we did take a take a trip to watch a film i think it was uh you know you know what film it was we went all went to the theater we shot in ridgecrest california and literally the only thing that's really there is a walmart one movie theater and everything else is just housing not mm-hmm. many housing. It doesn't have a big population at all. But we went to go see a movie, and we, it was the film uh, Insomnia. Uh, but again, being out in the sun all day, everyone being dead tired, everyone fell asleep before we could finish the film. Aww. So the fact that we went to go see a film where someone couldn't sleep, but we all just simply passed out in the theater, lets you know just you know how, how crazy the world works, because we did not make it through that entire movie. Yeah, it didn't take much to bring it to life because we were really out there in the desert, in the heat, you know, sandstorms every, you know, every two minutes, uh, you know, the sun just barreling down on you every single day. So, you know, there wasn't much that we had to act. It was real. This is what we were doing. We were really out there. Uh, were we really digging the holes to an extent? You know, we were we were really throwing the shovel into the dirt and lifting it out and throwing it over our shoulders. You know, I, I think it definitely tells the story of trying to fit in knowing you're you know this isn't even where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. but you're trying to fit in but you're also the outcast no matter what and uh 
it's it's it, every every single one of the characters I think plays plays a role in in, in the growth and development of uh, not only Stanley Nats but also Zeroni. I mean Hector and uh, Zero. So again, I, I'm honored to even have this role underneath my belt. It, it means a lot to me. And I love that you've kind of moved into the music aspect of, of, of the entertainment industry. So you've recorded songs mm. and recorded albums. I love listening to them. So what, what inspired you to go ahead and move forward in a little bit of a different direction? Music has always been a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I had realized that so many people were listening and so many people wanted to hear more music from me. So, you know, I buckled down and, you know, created the projects and gave not, not only just gave people music but gave people an experience you know i would travel when i would travel and go on tour i would make you know a a a game night pretty much out of my shows like yeah i would perform and people know the songs and it was great but i want people to you know make it memorable make it i'm I'm a very sociable type of person you know i don't mind you know parlaying with people so you know i would play games we would throw i don't know if you've ever heard of a game called heads up with your eye with your phone where you can uh it's like charades pretty much so i'd bring people on stage and we'd play that and it was it was really really fun man i had a great time touring and uh you know as of right now i'm i'm, I'm putting a putting a slight pause on it just because i want to focus back on my acting side and uh I loved it. Well, what are your what are your most current projects as of now? Like, what can we what can we find on iTunes that is the most recent song that you've had out or an album? Uh, most recent song, you know, you can go to YouTube and check out a song called "The Intro," which was to the project uh, "Before We Begin," or um, oh, excuse me, "How Do We Begin" is the name of the project. Um, the intro is out now. Uh, I don't have a release date for the project for "How Do We Begin." I know people are itching for it. I don't have a release date for it yet. It is mixed. It is done and ready to go to uh, for the for people just to listen to it. But again, I'm more of about the experience of it. So I want to give people a visual along with this project. So when the time comes, it will come all together and I'll be able to give that to the world too. It was such a pleasure to talk with you today. And before we end, I have three Disney-themed questions I ask all of my guests. And okay. I call them the Fab Three. So oh, yeah. we'll start with the Donald one, which is as a child... What Disney film was one of your favorites to watch over and over again? I'm going to have to go with Aladdin. I'm going to have to go with Aladdin on that one. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Best friend Disney. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Simba, Lion King. And our Mickey question, finally, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, Prince Ali, Aladdin, absolutely, that's up there. Uh, the the Jungle Book, the uh, Jungle Book song. Uh, oh my God, I want to. Yes, I want to walk like you, talk <laughs> like you too. I love that song. Of course, Akuna Matata. That's a legendary one. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Okay, so the number one on my list of the songs, the Mulan song, the We Are Men song. I was online playing video games. Uh, I was playing a uh, you know first person uh, shooter type of game. And, you know, it's a bunch of guys on your team. It's a bunch of guys on my team. And I have my ear set in. And then one, all of a sudden, one person on the team starts singing that song. And before <laughs> you know it, all five of the players, including myself, are singing that song start to finish <laughs> while playing the video game. That has absolute... These are two completely different worlds, you know? Yeah. You got a military world, and then all of a sudden you have us singing... You know, mysterious as the dark side of <laughs> the moon. It was incredible. I'll never forget that moment in my life. <laughs> 
Well, to bring us out of our interview, I hope you don't mind if I ask for a little bit of the of the Dig It song, if you could sing just a little bit of it. Uh, what what far can I go with? I guess I'll go with the wake up in the morning before the sun. Keep digging that hole till the day is done. Wake up in the morning before the sun. Keep digging that hole till the day is done. It's crazy to think <laughs> all these years, it still means so much to everybody. It's still in all of our heads. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I really hope there is a reunion in store. I'm going to be crossing my fingers for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, T.R. <laughs> forget to come back for Madame Zeroni. You and your family will be cursed for always and eternity.